You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Merry Christmas, Richard. It's uh, the day after Christmas when this goes out, and uh, we have not yet uh, celebrated Christmas on the day we recorded this, but in the magic of podcasting, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas to you as well, and uh, all of our listeners. Uh, Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, uh, any other... Yeah, any other holiday that you may be celebrating. Yes, of course. Happy happy holidays to everybody. And uh, I hope you had a good Hanukkah or Christmas if you celebrate those. If um, maybe and today you're having a happy happy Boxing Day. So I uh, hope it's all good and everybody's getting to spend time with uh, the loved ones that they can. Um, but for us, we're going to talk about our top five christmas movies indeed i mean hollywood loves to make christmas movies it seems like right i mean i i i don't know you'd think that but i think it's like it it depends uh which it's it's you know we i think we had a short conversation about it too which was like is it christmas movies or is it movies that happen to take place during christmas does that warrant it as a christmas movie yeah and i am I am very much one of the people that says, you know, Die Hard is a movie that takes place during Christmas. It is not a Christmas movie. However, I will watch it every Christmas. There's, <laughs> there is this, you know, a, a, a line there or, you know, there's, there's a distinction for me. Um, I don't know if you put it on your list of your top five favorite Christmas movies, but it is not on my top because it's not a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas act. It's a movie at Christmas. Uh well, it's not on my list, but I I do have some that uh, I think fall into the same category. Ah, so do you can do you consider Die Hard a Christmas movie, or do you consider it a movie at Christmas? I mean, Christmas. I, I think it is a movie that takes place during Christmas, but I think. That also could make it a Christmas movie, depending upon how you want to view it, because it does have an impact uh, mildly on the characters and and the world that is, uh, you know, the story is taking place in. So I, it's not a movie that is like the plot is specifically revolving around like Christmas in the way that like you know, uh, I don't know, like. Whatever movie they try to save, yeah, like whatever, like all the Christmas movies where they're trying to save, you know, Christmas, uh, right? Like that's a big, huge thing. So yeah, I don't know. I I can see the argument, and and I'm 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 okay with it. I think realistically, I, I I don't think it has to be specifically just a movie about Christmas, but to be a, a Christmas movie. I think there's a ton of uh, Christmas horror films uh, that are in that way too that are interesting. Oh yeah, I mean definitely. I mean, was it 2018 when Krampus was a huge movie? Like that's specifically a Christmas horror movie. Look, I'm yeah. not here to debate anybody. Like 
on whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. Like, if you believe it's a Christmas movie, cool. I'm I'm a, I'm all for that. I just me personally don't. So, uh, I and and then again, one of my movies on my list might be the same thing as Die Hard. Is it a Christmas movie or is it a movie that takes place during Christmas? Like, Ooh. There, there there is a controversy of that. To it, there's other controversies with that movie too. The movie that I'm I'm speaking of, but oh my, it's it's just how i feel about that movie i like it so uh let's get right into that and richard what is the number five movie on your list uh, well um this is uh you know i think most of these i wanted to i guess i would have just start by kind of breaking down a little bit that uh i think most of the movies that i picked uh, and i don't know maybe you're the same way but i feel like most of them i picked because they have a pretty strong uh, nostalgic factor to me that they kind of uh, were movies that I maybe grew up with. Uh, oh, yeah. So what's that? I said, Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, my first one was the Rankin Bass Christmas classic, uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Uh, it's stop motion animation. I I don't know. I absolutely. I mean, I've watched it probably five hundred times in the course of my life because it's on all the time around Christmas time. I always watched it growing up. Uh, if I see it on TV or something like that, I'll stop and I'll watch it. And I'm still always impressed by the animation. Like stop motion is a huge undertaking. Um, especially way back when they made this. I mean, obviously, it's gotten a little bit easier. It's still a, a painstaking, monumental undertaking of a task to do a stop motion animation film. Um, but this one, I don't know. It, it, it's it, this is probably the first Christmas movie I think I can ever recall even watching. Um, so yeah, I, I'm sure maybe I watched other ones, but it's just the first one that I can even think of. So yeah, that one came in at my number five. That's so funny. Like you and I have had conversations before about like how I just don't enjoy stop motion animation all that much. Um, I guess it's because I can never fully immerse myself in the movie. Cause I always think about all the people that it takes to make like a couple minutes of stop motion animation. Like yeah. it just it, it, I don't know. I don't know if it gives me anxiety if it just, I just like, oh, that's that sucks. Like it just all the work that goes into it. Not that there's not a huge amount of work that goes into making a regular movie or just a regular animated movie. But just for whatever reason it is, I think about it when I watch a stop and stop motion animation movie. Um, so and the, and then again, I the fact that you put this is on your list <laughs> tells me that we're going to have two very different lists because even though I've watched all those classic animated Christmas movies when I was a kid, I don't remember ever going back to them. Like I don't remember watching them repeatedly. I never watched, uh, again, I never watched, uh, that or what's this. Isn't there a sequel like the misfit toys or the Island of misfit toys? Well, that, that takes place in, in the movie. Yeah. They visit the Island of misfit toys and he's like, nobody wants a Charlie in the box. Everybody (laughs) wants a Jack. And they have like a water gun that shoots jelly and one of the elves wants to be a dentist instead of an elf. And they're all like, what are you talking about? Like, you you know, you have to be a toy maker. You have to be an elf. You can't be a dentist. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then they have the abominable snowman and Yukon Cornelius. Uh, they're yeah. like the heat miser and the cold miser. Isn't that a thing too? 
Well, that's that's a different one. Yeah, different um, one. that's what I, I never got. I never get them straight because I didn't watch them. Yeah, they have a bunch. I mean, they have like Santa Claus is coming to town. Right. They have the year without a Santa Claus. Um, and, yeah, yeah, and I never watched or I never like went back and watched Little Drummer Boy or Frosty the Snowman or Charlie Brown Christmas. Like, I just never got into all the even as a kid. I guess I just never got into all the animated Christmas movies. Yeah, the uh, the year without a Santa Claus is the one you were just referencing with the snow miser and the heat miser, and they have like a whole musical number uh, that they do uh, in that. I mean, there's musical numbers in all of it, but they, they have a song that they sing. Yeah, I mean, the heat miser one's very, you should probably watch just the musical number about it because it's very Arizonan uh, in a way. <laughs> okay, uh, maybe maybe this year, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could probably just YouTube the the that part. I don't, yeah, I don't think you want to watch the whole movie, but uh, but if you do, I mean, go for it. I mean, it, I enjoy it. So, who's the who was the director on your movie? Uh, on on the uh, on Rudolph, it was uh, Larry Ramiro. I think was his name. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since I've. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't think he ever did too many things. Um, I think he did that. I think he did oh. uh, Return to Oz, like the TV movie. Ooh, Return to Oz. Yeah. Um. God. Yeah, that's probably. So the probably it really the, the idea of the the Rankin Bass is that were they like the animation company the studio that made the movies? Kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah. Um, were there any other, were there any like prominent voices in, in that movie that we would know about? Oh, in Rudolph? Yeah, I'm sure there is, man. Um, let me think. I'm trying to remember who all's in that. Hey, actually, you know what? I mean, that's a pretty old movie. I don't know if there is names in there that most people would recognize now. I mean, obviously, looking looking at the cast, I mean, these are all voice actors that are huge. Like, they had huge careers, but it's not like they're names that we would recognize otherwise. No, yeah. And, I mean, it, again, I, I wouldn't expect most people are going to really know too much. Because, I mean, this was like, oh, my gosh, this was like way before we were even born. I mean, this was in like the six, like early yeah. 60s, I think, mid 60s, something like that. So, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a very old movie, which is what I mean. Like, it's super impressive that, you know, they were able to animate this, um, you know, that way in the, in the 60s. Like, I, I'm sure it had to have been just a colossal undertaking so is it just the nostalgia for you for red nose uh, rudolph the red nose reindeer or was it something like when you first watched it do you you just you know uh clicked with you when i mean were you picked on too oh no i don't i mean i don't remember ever being bullied or or i, I don't think i have you know what i mean like any connection to that um i just i don't know, I think it was a lot of it to, i think was to do with the animation um, when I was a kid, you know, just being really kind of mystified by by that. Um, obviously, I still remember the line about the misfit toys and like the Charlie in the box and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, all that sort of stuff. So I just remember like it being just a really uh, kind of fun movie when I was younger and kind of being which I think is also interesting, too, because you're not a huge musical person either in terms of like 
musicals, like actual musicals, not that you don't enjoy music, but like you've never been like this big musical fan. And so like these are basically animated musicals. I mean, there's all sorts of musical numbers that that take place in them. And um, so I think that might play a role in why you didn't gravitate towards these as a as a youngin, maybe. That's that's probably a pretty good assessment right there. Uh, all right, my number five is a movie from two thousand four uh, that I would think most people don't know, but yet yeah, has a lot of prominent actors in it. And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't saw it with you when it first came out. Two thousand four might might have been before we we met though. No, we met in two thousand two. That's right, we met in two thousand two. Uh, so it was Surviving Christmas, starring mm-hmm. Ben Affleck. James Gandolfini, Christian or Christina Applegate, Catherine O'Hara, uh, and, and a few other people. Jennifer Morrison. Oh, that's right. Jennifer Morrison's in that movie. And Stephen Root. So it's like the idea that Ben Affleck is this hotshot, uh, you know, money making guy. I don't really remember what it is that his his job is, but because it's not really that important, he just has money, and he breaks up with his girlfriend at the time before, right around Christmas. And she says that, you know, he don't really have any emotions. So he goes to his childhood home and, you know, there's another family living there, of course, because that makes sense. But he and it's James Gandolfini's family who he's married to Catherine O'Hara and his daughter is Christina Applegate and uh, they have a son. And he basically pays the family to be his family for uh, Christmas so that he can get that experience and then also convince his ex-girlfriend kind of that he could do family stuff. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why this movie struck with me so hard, but like when I saw it, I just thought it was hilarious and it was such a different type of role for both Ben Affleck and James Gandolfini. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, it eventually turns into a romantic comedy because he and Kristen, Christina Applegate's character fall in love because that's what happens in these Christmas movies. But uh, yeah, I always enjoyed that movie and I try and watch it every year. You try to watch it every year and it's your number five. Do you, do, well, I guess let me rephrase that. Do you watch all of these movies every year? Do you try to watch all these movies every year? I do. Wow. That's pretty I good. Do. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Did you so were you the one that we went I went and saw this with? I I probably was. I I'm sure we did. I mean, 2004, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure we were seeing all the movies at that time. <laughs> yeah, I remember going to see it in the theater and then I remember it showing up in the the blockbuster that we were working at, so. And yeah. I think I think it went like cuz I I'm pretty sure that it came out like in October. So that it specifically could come out for rental and and purchase at Christmas time, because I don't think the studio really had any like uh, belief in it at all. So, <laughs> so that's that, crazy though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it says that was directed by Mike Mitchell, and let's see what else that he has done as a director. Uh, Lego Movie Two, the second part, Sky High, which is a movie I I enjoy. Did Kung Fu Panda like the third one? I'm not sure if he did the first one. Uh, as a director, I think so. Or no, maybe not. No, 
maybe he was maybe he's a writer on that yeah the name's super familiar though no he wasn't a writer looks like oh he was a he was an actor he was a male uh, palace goose and smart panda villager oh in, there you go panda three it looks like he has a lot of roles uh as a as an actor but yeah uh trolls didn't directed, he do deuce bigelow male gigolo apparently he did he, he directed deuce bigelow male gigolo so okay yeah i was like i know that name i was like i know <laughs> i know that name so yeah uh, a lot of stuff to his um credit and then written by deborah kaplan which that name sounds familiar to me oh also the writer of can't hardly wait and leap year all hmm. right so good stuff there um I don't know. It's, it's it's a movie that always stuck with me. Uh, I try and watch it every Christmas, which I don't know. That doesn't explain why I don't uh, remember what it is that he does for a living. But I don't think it's really that important. It's just important that he has money, <laughs> as as it usually is, right? I mean, right? Exactly. So, uh, really all right, superpower ever money. <laughs> I mean, it's a good one. What is uh, your number four? Unless you had other things you wanted to talk about surviving Christmas with me. Uh, no, I, I think that's it. I mean, I, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. I think I only saw it maybe that once. So uh, <laughs> it's probably been a while. That's uh, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this one is going to fall into that category of is it technically a Christmas movie or is it just a movie that takes place uh, during Christmas? As does most of Shane Black's movies, weirdly enough, take place during Christmas time. Uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, it's it's so great. I, I like my God, Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, their chemistry. Amazing. Um, a movie I quote ever so frequently uh, or egregiously frequently in who to F taught you math. Um <laughs> Yeah, still one of the best lines uh, ever. He's like, there's an 8% chance. 8%? 8%? Who the taught you math? It's such a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Shane Black. If it's a Shane Black movie, you were about 90% chance sure that it's going to be taking place during Christmas. Uh, Lethal Weapon takes place during Christmas. The Last Boy Scout takes place during Christmas. Uh, I don't know if Last Action Hero does or not. But Kiss Kiss Best Bang Bang does, Iron Man 3 does, uh, The Nice Guys does. So there's I a... I don't think... Um, I don't think Last Action Hero does. Actually, it does. If the action, out in, in the, the real, real world, world, huh? Yeah, in the real world, it does. Because you remember... He's... Uh, it's it. That's the whole... It was like his Christmas gift from the, the guy. The guy that's running the th- movie theater. Oh, was it the the guy that gives him the golden ticket or whatever? Yeah, exactly. The projectionist guy. The projectionist. It's been a while since I've seen that too. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that again. So yeah, Shane Black will will usually have something to do with Christmas in in the movie. That's true. I don't know what the follow up Lethal Weapon movies do. Lethal Weapon Four does because they give that uh, immigrant family uh, a nice Christmas in that. Mm. If I remember correctly. And I remember the long kiss goodnight being very cold. It's snowing a lot. It's so. definitely winter in that for sure. Yeah. Winter, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh okay. I mean, Shane Black. I love it. I'm glad I'm glad you picked that one. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Like I mean, do you 
One thing I always say about Shane Black is that Shane Black thinks he is incredibly funny. Like he thinks his lines are hilarious and sometimes they don't really land with the audience. No, I mean, they. Uh, I think there's a lot of times where his humor, I, I think, again, this is why I personally think comedy is by far the hardest genre to work in is because there isn't any like uniformity to humor like horror. There is like there are, are inevitably, you know, a certain amount of people that are going to be afraid of monsters, spiders, aliens, clowns, whatever. Like you're almost guaranteed that someone is going to be afraid of that. Right. And like when it comes to drama, like we all have experiences that we can dramatically relate to. You know what I mean? There's struggles that all of us can relate to. Humor is the one thing that you are not ever guaranteed that anyone else will share the same type of humor that you do. (laughs) It's so difficult and challenging. And I feel like that's really uh, with a lot of Shane Black stuff is you're right. I think for me, I always personally really enjoy his, his humor and his films. Um, but you're right. I think there is a ton of times where it just seemingly kind of goes by people and they're just like, oh, well, all right. Uh, I guess um, that's funny. Yeah. Like I, I remember in the nice guys of most recently, like being one of the only people that was laughing in the theater when certain things happen. And then when you get to the predator, like I remember <laughs> like certain times when you, you feel like there was a joke right there, but like nobody's laughing, which yeah, bear in mind, I still enjoyed The Predator. I thought it was an okay movie. Like, I was okay. I I was t- completely okay with it. But, like, uh, yeah, that you can see where a lot of people were just like, um, I don't think this is good. <laughs> right. So, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, definitely in the movie that brings, one of the movies that brings um, Robert Downey Jr. back in the forefront. I'm sure that they looked at that before they cast him as a, Iron Man to be like, yeah, he can do this. He can, he can bring it. And then when John Favreau did not come back to direct Iron Man three, he brought in Shane Black, which pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I enjoyed that too. I, I, I know. I think Iron Man two is the one that most people are like, Iron Man two sucked. Yep. That's exactly how I say it. Yep. <laughs> that's what I was, I was hearing your voice when I was saying that. I was like, Oh, that's, that's Mitch, Mitch's words coming out of my my mouth. I used to be such a nice guy. <laughs> my number four movie is definitely one that everybody knows and one of the highest grossing movies of all time, I believe. Uh, I mean, it's probably not up there anymore with this, <laughs> like the works of Joker out there. Like but, Disney just killed everything. Yeah, exactly. But Home Alone from 1990 with Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, mm-hmm. Daniel Stearns. Uh, yeah. I I mean I love that movie. Apparently everybody loved that movie, and there, you can even watch uh, the movies that made us on Netflix as they do like a behind the scenes uh history of that movie, which is actually a really good hour of television if you if you are into that kind of thing. Um, I think this movie really struck me as it did with a lot of kids is that can you defend your home with all the toys that you have? (laughs) And, uh, I would like to think that I could probably not because I'm sure it took a lot of geniuses to, uh, to put all the planning together. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's so slapsticky comedy. That's it's funny. And, and, you know, there's the side story or subplot of Catherine O'Hara as the mother trying to get back to, to her son that's stuck at home by himself and uh 
you get to meet John Candy on the road and, and you get to, see, you get to see the, or the kid, um, Kevin, you know, gets to learn that there's more to people than what's on the surface and what people, you know, the rumors because of the older gentleman that he eventually befriends, but was afraid of in the beginning. And, and, and then he defends his home against Joe Pesci and Daniel Stearns. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I mean it. It spun off into a couple of sequels, some some spinoffs without Macaulay Culkin, which didn't do very well. And then uh, fairly recently, it uh, it actually made its way into a Rambo movie, uh, Home Stallone. Uh, basically, <laughs> is the last Rambo film that they did. So, yeah, it's been. I'd say it's. I'd say it's held its ground pretty well as a Christmas movie. And now. Uh... Disney Plus is going to be turning it into a television series, I believe. That's insane. I don't know how exactly you turn that into a television series, but that's Disney Plus for you. Like it just it will be a you know six episode uh, limited series, and it would just be you know every day that he was home alone that build, builds up to the last episode where he has to defend the house from the robbers or she. And it's crazy because this was actually my number three movie really yeah that's awesome so yeah, yeah. Chris, chris columbus and john hughes john hughes is the writer chris columbus is the director uh yeah have you watched uh the the movies that made us on netflix i did and uh the other thing i was gonna add to that is not only is that a good watch uh first and foremost i mean there's some incredible stuff on there about about home alone dirty dancing ghostbusters uh they also just did a christmas one which has uh the nightmare before christmas and elf oh um, i need to watch elf one I don't yeah nightmare before christmas but i'll watch it yeah so it, it I, and again if you're anyone who is like kind of interested in films or filmmaking or anything like that i would just encourage it from that standpoint uh, in general because really uh after i think after you watch those you kind of are like how does any movie ever actually get made because it's it's kind of a miracle in and of itself that they ever actually get done oh i know like when they were talking about well one that they used a, a high school to build the house in like in the emptied out pool i thought that was pretty amazing isn't that crazy? Just like, and and it worked out so well too, so that they could like flood the basement and all that stuff from the wet bandits and, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and like just the 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 sheer amount of times that they're like basically almost canceled and like yeah. you know yeah. someone else comes in and saves it. Yeah, the the fact that you know it was what was it Warner Brothers first that had had the movie and they were like, okay, you're going way over budget, and then like we're gonna go ahead and let you drop, and then Fox comes in to. Uh, buy the movie or you know be the one to distribute it. i don't i don't know how those those rights work but fox is the one that comes in and now that fox is owned by disney disney owns the property so that's why we're, we're going to be getting a, a limited series but yeah it was a lot of why are you guys making this movie so expensive this is a kid movie you know a family movie about a kid at home and then look well, look what happened it became one of the highest grossing movies of all time yeah which yeah. is absolutely insane. <laughs> it's so crazy. Uh, so that is your number three and my number four. I love that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, mean, I guess that means I got to go straight on to number three then, since you already said you're number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1988's Scrooged. Uh, oh, nice. I will tell you this. I watched Scrooge so many times in my life. I, 
I think I knew the I, the story of Scrooge before I ever knew the story of A Christmas Carol. <laughs> before I'd ever read it, I've ever uh, watched it, I'd ever seen it be adapted. Uh, I had watched Scrooge so many times. Bill Murray is hilarious in this movie. Uh, and then all the side actors are hilarious. You know, um, I always remember the Ghost of Christmas Pass, and I can't remember his name at the moment. Uh, David Johansson, but I think he always went by some other nickname. Uh, I don't remember. Why can't I remember what his, his nickname? Buster, Buster Poindexter. That's what he used to go by. Um, but yeah, the Bobcat Goldthwait, Karen Allen, John Forsythe, like John Glover. I mean, come on, John Glover. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and then you just get that last scene the the very last scene where it's almost like Bill Murray's breaking character and literally talking to the audience that's watching the movie because it's a show that they're putting on a quote unquote live Christmas Carol on the TV station that he runs or yeah, the TV network that he runs. And he's just, you know, telling the audience like, why are you watching this? You should be spending time with your family. You should be loving Christmas and loving each other. And, people break out in song and it's, I don't know. To me, it's just, it gives me one of the best feelings at the end of that movie. And I, I always enjoy it. Once again, another movie that I try and watch every Christmas and uh, let's see who's the writer on that is Richard or I'm sorry, Mitch Glazer and Michael O'Donnell. No, Michael O'Donohue. And then Richard Donner is the the director. director. That yeah. is insane. I don't think I ever realized that he was the director of that movie. Going yeah. back to Weapon and, and Shane Black. Exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, for, for those of you following uh, along at home, yeah, Richard Donner did Lethal Weapon. He was also pretty well known for, like, uh, Superman, like, kind of back in, like, the 70s, early 80s. Um, he also did, what was it? Uh, what was the other one he did? Lady Hawk. He, he also did that. Uh, mm-hmm. if people are kind of familiar with that, maybe it's a little, some of those are a little bit older, but, uh, Radio Flyer was another one he did that I remember watching a lot as a kid. Oh man. And then coming, coming to the realization as an adult that <laughs> fucking the kid died that day. And, oh, that's the creepiest thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, it's but amazing yeah, how differently you kind of watch movies like when you're older. You know, you go back and watch some of these movies that you loved as a kid, and you're like, "Holy cow! How did I miss that?" Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then you got to remember, like Goonies, man. He directed Goonies. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this guy tapped right into my childhood as much as just about anybody else that like was there. You know, I don't know Spielberg or. Uh, Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. no, it's crazy. He, uh, man, he hasn't, I mean, I think he retired like in the early to mid 2000s. So he hasn't made anything in a while, but I, he may, he had a lot of really kind of uh, iconic popular films. And then his wife, if I remember correctly, is she's also like the, the um, like executive producer on a lot of the X-Men movies. Uh yeah, Lauren Donner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Yeah, she was actually the producer for uh Deadpool and Logan. Um I think she also did the Maverick movie with Mel Gibson like way back in the day. Well he directed that too, so Yeah. That makes sense. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, she she's I think still working. I, I don't think he's worked, but I I'm yeah, she's still actually I think she was recently just linked to be producing Constantine 2. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could be wrong on that. I could well, very had, well be wrong. There has been talks of a, a second Constantine with with I want to I I almost called him John Wick with Keanu <laughs> Yes. So, I'm, I'm okay with this. Uh, he's going to kill the devil with a fucking pencil. <laughs> um, as for Mitch Glazer, uh, one, I, I like that name. That's awesome. He wrote uh, the Great Expectations uh, adaptation. He wrote The Recruit with Colin Farrell and uh, Al Pacino, which is another movie that I really enjoy. Magic City was a TV series that he created, which and wrote uh, the episodes of, and I've only watched like the first season of that, and I've always meant to go back and watch it. I mean, it's from 2012, but it's actually a really good se- series. It's, uh, I think it's um, who's the the Jeffrey Dean Morgan? That's right, he's mm-hmm. the main star on that. It's very good. It's all That's crazy. It's all pretty cool. So, uh, any any insight for you for Scrooged? Uh, you know, I man, I love Bill Murray first and foremost. Uh, absolutely, always have loved Bill Murray. I, I think he's just phenomenal. It's been a long time since I've seen Scrooged, but I mean, I remember, I remember really enjoying it. Um, it's a very different take, like you said, on kind of that older classic story, but uh, it's done in true Bill Murray fashion. And uh, I think if you haven't seen it, uh, you should definitely give it a watch for sure. Very cool. Now I can't wait till they have that one on for the movies that made us. <laughs> yeah, that would be sweet. So to parallel good. that real quickly, actually, if if you're again, if you want to watch those and you want to see another documentary about the fact that it's shocking as hell that a movie got made, you should watch Hearts of Darkness. It's this documentary on how Apocalypse Now managed to somehow actually get done, and it's it's freaking bonkers. It's insane. Not Christmas related or holiday related at all. No, but <laughs> it's certainly insane. That's fair. Uh, okay, what is your number two? No. So um this movie is uh also I think pretty heavily inspired by Rankin Bass and probably uh, there was I, I there was definitely some some talks about potential lawsuits from them over this movie until uh, the lawyers got involved and got everything straightened out. But uh, it is the 2003 classic Elf. Yeah, I love Elf. Elf yeah, is movie I watch every Christmas, but I, it just didn't make my top five. Yeah, I watch it every Christmas as well. And uh, it's again, if you watch that uh, movies that made us Christmas, uh, this is on there and they talk a lot about how, you know, um, of course, this this the guy that wrote this, uh, this was kind of the first thing he wrote after he got out to L.A. And uh, some some studio kind of like optioned it for a year, but they wanted uh, the movie to be made with Chris Farley. And he was just like, no, that's not the movie I want to make. So he basically sat on it and let the rights run out. And then um, he eventually ended up having a meeting with this other producer who got um, uh, Will Ferrell involved. But at the time, Will Ferrell was not a a name. He had never headlined a movie and no one wanted to like really make this movie with him. 
And they they just went around and around and around. And uh, what ended up, I guess, happening, which is a, a really interesting story, is he got involved. He was attached to play Buddy. And they were actually down on the set for old school meeting with Will Ferrell and talking to him about the movie and telling him, like, we're kind of in a trouble, like in a bind, because we uh, essentially don't have a director for a movie. And it just so happens that someone was walking by at just the right time to overhear their conversation. And that was Mr. Vince Vaughn who no. turned to him and said, oh, I know who can direct your movie. You should go get John Favreau. Like, I, I don't think I've ever heard of this John Favreau character. Exactly. Well, neither had they. The only thing he had done at this point was made the movie made. That was it. And no one knew him really as a director. And so they brought him in, had the meeting, and the rest is history. And then he went on to be the Midas touch of Disney. He single-handedly <laughs> created the MCU. He single-handedly revitalized Star Wars as a massive cash cow for them. He started their conversion into quote-unquote live-action animated movies. I mean, like, they should just give him the keys to the castle at this point because I think he's had more influence on Disney than just about anyone other than Walt Disney at this point. I mean, you, you have to throw into the fact that, yeah, he did, he, yeah, he did the Jungle Book. He did Lion King. He, uh, at one, it's fun, funny that you say keys to the castle because at one point in time, they were, they had, had attached him to direct a movie called The Magic Kingdom, which is supposed Ooh. to be like uh, Night at the Museum, but with Disney. So all the characters, all the characters' mm. life and stuff like that after the park closes. So it's, uh, yeah, there was definitely John Favreau has found his place at Disney. Like, yeah, they should have just called it Favreau Plus. I mean, it shouldn't be Disney Plus. I mean, he's all the shows are basically directed back to him in one way or the other. And then, and then when he's not making, you know, comic book movies or Star Wars stuff at the moment, he makes movies like Chef, like such a great movie. Have you seen the show Chef though? I have. Oh I've, my god! I'm just I like I want that life. I want to just cruise around and like eat and make all this fancy food with him. Like it's amazing. Well, I love that first episode when he's talking to the cook that taught him how to make food for chef, and he's like, "Well, this is what you told me." He's like, "What? I told you that? No, that doesn't sound right." <laughs> and then, you know, then there's like there's times when he's traveling around and he gets to talk to other stars like stars that he's had in his movies or in the movies that he's been in because he's been in the spider-man movies and stuff like that so he had tom holland on there and then there's the the episode where he's talking to um gwyneth paltrow and she's like no i've i've never been in a star a spider-man movie she's like he's like yeah you were you were in it with me <laughs> you know and then she's all oh yeah that that was actually the end of spider-man huh and you're like yeah that guy was uh, Roy Choi. He's an amazing right. uh, chef, right. and and yeah, he's kind of a, a staple on that show as well. But he is uh, he's phenomenal too. I absolutely love I love both of them. I think it's a great show. Anyway, Elf. Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, on Elf, you just look at the cast. You got James Caan, Bob Newhart, Ed Asner, Mary Steenburgen, uh, Zoe Deschanel before she even before she had gotten really huge. Yeah, Based on Love Peter Dinklage before. Yep, Game of Game Thrones. Thrones. Uh, Amy Sedaris, Andy Richter, Kyle Gass, Artie Lang. Like this, this cast is just full of talented and funny people. And had to, uh, 2003, who thought you were going to get an instant Christmas classic in 2003? 
Apparently, John Favreau did. Right? Because <laughs> that, that, that was one of his requirements for uh, coming on board to make this movie. To what? For it to become like an instant Christmas classic? Yes. Yep. I mean, I don't think that you're... You could put that in your contract, like that's uh, no, no, no. It wasn't in his contract. It's just he. That was one of his three requirements for for the meeting he took with them to want to direct the movie. Is that he wanted it to become a Christmas classic, and it did. Okay, well, I mean, I feel like that's more on him than it is anybody else. But and it, but I mean, the writers, uh, the 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 cast. I mean, everybody. I mean, they got there. They totally got there. But yeah, it's it's. He. I think he just he knew he was like this is you know I'm I'm gonna turn everything I touch to gold for. We have a funny story about this movie too, because the years that we were working at Blockbuster, this was a. Um, one the one and only movie I ever got from Blockbuster for free that they gave to me as a present. They gave me a copy of Elf on yep. DVD for had, Christmas. For Christmas, it had no barcode. It was a promotional one or whatever. I guess they just had uh, uh, excess ex, extra copies or whatever. But they gave it. They gave each one of their employees one free. I worked there for six years. I never got anything else for free. I got a copy of Elf that year. <laughs> I'm guessing 2003, maybe 2004. It would have been great though if they would have given this out as like a Halloween gift or something. You know what I mean? Like this this Christmas classic that has nothing to do with. They're like, here, uh, happy Halloween. You're like, what? Like that's weird. Maybe that's maybe that's why it's a it's a, a Christmas classic. Like because they just gave out copies to people would be like, well, we'll just make sure people watch this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. No, I mean, I I think really when you look at it and like you said, I mean, Will Ferrell, you know, really wasn't a. Uh, you know, a headliner at this point, Zoe Deschanel wasn't really either. Um, you know, of course you got James Conn in there, but I mean, like he wasn't, I mean, he was known for playing like really hard ass characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I, 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 I think it's one of those things where you put, you know, you take a chance and you put your heart and your soul and all of your passion into a project and everything just lines up perfectly and, and the results kind of speak for themselves because I genuinely view this as a timeless Christmas classic. And, you know, they, they even have some of that stop motion animation in there. Um, the costume that he wears is very much derived from uh, the Rankin Bass uh, animation style and stuff. But then, you know, you also have a, a character that's, that's just complete like love and and heart and happiness uh, with inside of buddy you know and and i don't know there's just something really wholesome about this movie that you know i feel like it's one that almost anyone can watch and appreciate you know Mm -hmm. yeah i feel the same way it's 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 good i mean i don't think that will ferrell who's born in 1967 pairing up with Zoe Deschanel who was born in 1980 is the best of ideas uh but then the same thing happened when she was in Yes Man with Jim Carrey like she was just being paired off with much older men not age appropriate kind of thing at that time but that's just me no I mean I don't think you're wrong I I, that's just kind of one of those industry things that happens I guess probably shouldn't but it does (laughs) Uh, elf i'm glad i'm glad you brought that one on that's that's good yeah my number two is my controversial one my Uh one that might not be considered a christmas movie if uh 
if you're keeping track, it might be just a movie that takes place during Christmas. Love Actually. Uh, just, you know, a movie filled with a whole bunch of stars doing little vignettes that the storylines all kind of converge at one point. It happens to be Christmas Day. And uh, I always, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoy it every Christmas. I enjoy Bill Nighy and his singing and his song being turned into a Christmas pop hit and then trying to get it to the top of the charts so that he'll and he promises to dance naked on live television or whatever and he does it and you know there's just all kinds of great storylines that intersect in this i think it's a christmas movie i there's there there's so many things about the because it's 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 not only that but it's also following all these people like kind of chaotically through the month leading up to christmas too from what i remember of it's been a little while since i've seen it but it, it definitely plays a role like you know what i mean again it's not specifically about like oh saving christmas but uh, I don't think that should be the only benchmark for a Christmas movie. There, there, there is a influence that Christmas and the month of December has upon all of these people's lives and the events kind of leading up to that and that day. So I, I think it qualifies. I absolutely think it qualifies. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. But I, so you have, you have. Let's see. Let's just go over some of the cast: Bill Nighy, uh, Colin Firth, Sienna Gilroy. Uh, Liam Neeson, Tem- Emma Thompson, uh, Martin Freeman, Chuatel Ejiofor, Andrew Lincoln, Kira, Knight- Kira Knightley. Um, who's the little kid? He grows up to be. Uh, I forget. I-, I know I've seen him in stuff more recently now that he's older. Uh, trying to think what it is that I've seen him in. Hugh Grant's in the movie. Uh, Laura Linney's in the movie. Alan Rickman's in the movie. I can't believe I already forgot that name. There's just so many great people in this movie. Rodrigo Santoro. Uh, is there a particular storyline that you enjoy in that movie? Oh my gosh. Um, William Bob Thornton as the U.S. president? I don't know. I think it's really difficult because they're, they are pseudo kind of anthologies in a way like i guess but i don't know i i genuinely just enjoy the movie again it's not one that i i put on every year or go to all the time but i mean my gosh you're absolutely right is it is beyond a a star-studded ensemble cast i mean like holy cow um yeah i don't know i don't think there is one that stand out to me uh what about you so i think it's liam neeson's character's story like I, the, 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 the widow that is, I don't want to say stuck, but it's, it's not his son, his biological son, obviously it's his late wife's biological son. And it's not like the two of them are contentious towards each other. They, they seem to be okay with each other and they love each other, but obviously their connecting uh, thread was, you know, his wife, her, his mother, and, and she is passed. And now the two of them have to figure out how Christmas works when, you know, someone that they both dearly loved is gone. And he's trying to teach him about like, if there's someone that you love, you need to tell them that you love them. Like, it's just the thing that you need to do. And, you know, the kid learns to play the drums so that he can tell the girl that he loves, that he loves her. And, you know, it works out because at the Christmas pageant at school, she sings All I Want for Christmas. And 
uh, she points at him and he's like, oh, she likes me too. And then they, you get the whole running through the the airport scene and he, you know, makes his way to there. And then at the very end, like, I think it's Elle McPherson or is it Christy Brink? I don't know. It's some uh, supermodel that Liam Neeson's character kind of starts to date or look at and stuff in a, in a new way. And uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. That's the storyline I like, but there's so many great ones. Andrew Winkins is not so great. I think that one's kind of the douchey one where he's, you know, telling Kira Knightley that he's in love with him, in love with her, even though she's married to his best friend. And, you know, we're just going to keep that on the side that mm, I have these huge emotions for you. And then there's uh, Colin Firth falling in love with the Italian. Was she a housekeeper? I think in the movie while he's away trying to learn how to, how to or not learn how to but learn or he's away uh writing his book and stuff like that and then there's the unfortunate thing with alan rickman and his and emma thompson where you know he's essentially getting caught cheating i mean there's lots of bad things in the movie too but there's lots of good stories isn't uh is andrew lincoln's the one where isn't he standing outside of her house using the signs yep yeah. And then like that basically became like this whole thing on the internet where people like they only do videos using signs instead of instead of just effing speaking yep. in a in a video drives me <laughs> absolutely insane. Sorry to derail the conversation with like my hatred of a meme or whatever. It's not really a meme, but of a, a, a internet movement. But I, I I don't know. I just always thought that was so it stupid. Is. And I'm it like, is. it's probably because of this guy. Andrew Lincoln's character started this whole thing. So his story really is the douchiest, confirmed. <laughs> Uh, and then this is written and directed by Richard Curtis, which he has two other movies. He doesn't have a lot of movies to, under his directing credit. It's uh, Love Actually, Pirate Radio, Take mm-hmm. That and Fake That, Happy Now, which is a video short, About Time and Red Nose Day, actually, which is a TV short for Red Nose Day. Uh, but About Time and Pirate Radio are also two movies that I love. So if you like things about time travel, a love story that has to do with time travel, do about time. If you like uh, 60s rock and roll, go to Pirate Radio because that was a great and it's kind of based on a true story, which is awesome. Um, and then I another I ever watched that. You ever watched Pirate Radio? It was also called so. uh, it was also called The Boat That Rocked, uh, depending on where you watched it in the UK or in the United States. I don't remember which one oh. we got, but um, they're both the same movie. They just have different titles and it's philip seymour hoffman is in that movie which is great oh yeah i I mean he's amazing in everything he was in Mm -hmm. um and then there's also another funny story about uh love actually from our blockbuster days which i'm sure you got a lot of too but we had this movie i felt like we had this movie returned to us so much because the beginning of the movie is martin freeman's character is a photo light stand-in for a sex scene in a movie i don't know if it's necessarily porn or not but he is naked so people kept returning and saying well this is just straight up porn like i want my money back and i was like all right whatever (laughs) it's it's not they aren't having sex they are you know just nude in the scene but whatever like i just it prudes exactly (laughs) they're prudes about the nudes uh so oh, yeah, yeah. I should have recommended that, that they go watch uh 
Oh God, what was the what was the movie? Oh, the joke's over. I ruined it. I failed. <laughs> My timing was totally tragic. See, this is why comedy doesn't work because timing is the most important thing, and then second thing is hoping that someone identifies with it. I just threw the whole thing away. The you one failed. where he goes to Russia, the Viga Mortensen one. Oh, history of violence. No, uh, Eastern Promises, which yeah, be a sequel coming out here pretty soon. Really, that's weird. I was gonna say you should have. They should have been like, oh, this movie's porn. You should be like, oh yeah, you're right. We'll take that back. Go check out Eastern Promises. <laughs> There's a bath scene in there you'll love. <laughs> uh, uh, so yes, there you go. Um, Love Actually is my number two. What is your number one, Richard? Well, so my number one was pretty easy for me to pick. Uh, honestly, I do have, I guess, at least one honorable mention that I'll I'll circle back Ooh. to. Well, you can do that now. What's your honorable mention? Oh, before do, we do, should we do the honorable mentions first, yeah. or should we do that after? No, do that now. You want to we'll do that now? Wait for the number one. Okay. Uh, well, so okay, so now you just threw me for a loop here. Uh, <laughs> No, okay, so I had a couple honorable mentions, um, and I don't know. The first one, I was like, eh, I watch it a lot. But again, it's like you said, so we talked a little bit about this last time, um, in, in the sense that uh, the Buzz Lightyear thing, uh-huh. and Tim Allen, not, you know, super, you know, people are kind of not happy with him right now, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Santa Claus uh was was one of my honorable mentions i mean that that's a good movie it's it's great i don't i don't know if i can say the same thing for the sequels but like that first santa claus movie uh, is 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 really good it's it it brings back a lot of good memories for me too yeah so i i really liked that and that one was really difficult cuz i was like ah oh, i was like that one would be a good one to put on the list um and I do watch it pretty frequently. Uh, again, I don't necessarily watch most of these every single year. I, I try to watch them as much as I can. But uh, the other one that I really wanted to mention, and I feel like this is a, a Christmas movie, kind of, but it's also more of like a movie that just happens to kind of take place on Christmas, sort of. Uh, it's Tokyo Godfathers, which uh, most people probably have never heard of. Not once, never heard of it. Yeah, so it it came out uh, in 2003. Weird, same year as Elf, I guess. Um, but it's 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 like a Japanese animated film um, that kind of takes place on Christmas Eve, where there's uh, these three homeless people uh, who are kind of like living on the street, and they actually discover this newborn who's kind of been thrown in the trash, and like it's it's kind of a really like interesting story but it's also kind of like a story that's derivative of like you know especially in japan because you know there's a lot of things about this the family social structure and all that sort of stuff in the japanese culture and so this movie is kind of indicative of these three homeless people that are um really coming together to make their own family uh as as you know people who were not of course uh, of you know genetic birthed family if you will uh but it's 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 a really kind of nice story about how you kind of form family with you know the people around you and 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 how you can form family with the people around you and things like that uh and so i I don't know i think it's it's i don't know i think it's an amazing beautiful movie um again most people probably have never seen this crazily enough uh they uh there was a um I think it was like an American uh, 
animation house distributor that just re-released this uh, in a 4k variant this year i think like june of this year uh so you can actually get this on on 4k blu-ray uh and check it out if if you want to but i i think it's one definitely everyone should check out especially if you like animation it's it's really really awesome the story is very intriguing um the director was satoshi Khan or Kon, I, I, I'm probably butchering his name. Um, but if you're into animation or or anime, whatever you want to call it, uh, you you will definitely recognize uh, his name for sure. Very cool. All right. And again, I know that's not your thing because I know you're not a big anime person. Uh, but yeah, so those are my two honorable mentions. Uh, my honorable mentions would have been Elf and A Christmas Story. Yeah, I like watching A Christmas Story hearing about Ralphie and uh, you know, his shenanigans that happened that year. Um, like, thankfully enough, every Christmas TBS and TNT play it for 24 hours. So if I need to watch it, I know where I can go to watch it. It's just a, uh, it's a fun, fun story. So that's you know what's interesting. I feel like you're going to hate me for this, uh, but I don't like that movie. Oh, that's fine. I, that's understandable altogether. As long as you've seen it, I'm okay. Oh, I've I've seen it. It's I don't see how there's any way anyone could not have seen it because it, it is probably the most played Christmas movie out yeah. of all of them. Because like you said, it's like a twenty four seven channel of the, of just a Christmas story running well, every year. Twenty four. That's it. Not twenty four seven. But I mean, well, yeah, yeah. That's true. Life also plays every Christmas, like every Christmas, like and every Thanksgiving. So you could you could catch that one as just as much. But uh. I, I get it. I get why people don't, would would not like it, but I cannot look at the word "fragile" on a box any ever and not be like "fragile." It's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> fragile. <laughs> oh, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Yeah, I mean, I know there's like some some definite lines in it, but so so those are my honorable mentions. So let's go ahead and get into your number one. All right, so. Uh, this is going to shock the hell out of everyone. It's going to be a huge throwback to our last episode. Ooh. The Star Wars Christmas special. No way. That is your yeah. number one? No, no. It's all okay. <laughs> you you got me. You got me. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely not that one. It is uh, the 1996 film... Jingle all the way. Oh, that's get a double man, Dolph Jamie. I love it. I, I, I'm such a sucker for Arnold. Uh, again, obviously, because I, I I grew up watching all of his movies as a kid. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if I should have been watching all of his movies as a kid. But you know, I just I, I grew up with him and Stallone and Van Damme, like you know, all, all those. Uh, but. I don't think any of them ever really like I would love if anyone's listening, if if anyone's listening and would love to do like a Van Damme Christmas movie or a Stallone Christmas movie. Let's go for it. I'm all in because I mean, Stallone did some comedies, but he, I don't think he ever had the same success in comedy that uh, that Arnold did. You know what I mean? Like Arnold was kind of all over the place with actions and comedies and. I don't know. This one's just, it's a good mixture of, of all of those things without being, you know, too over the top that it's not, you know, 
it's PG. It's not even PG 13. So it's like, you can still watch it with most of the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think even if you have younger kids, you could probably still watch it with them. There's not anything in there. That's too crazy that, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff that would probably go over their head and they'll watch when they're later. And like, Oh, okay. That's kind of these innuendo jokes or whatever, you know, like there's nothing in there that's like horrible, but like, it's good, you know, physical comedy. It's got an emotional like element to it. That's a little bit heartwarming at the end. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I really, I, I don't know. I, this is one that I watch every single year. I don't watch most of these every single year, but I do watch Jingle All the Way every single year. And uh, I, I still laugh and I, I, I just love it. It's so good. I mean, that's great. I, 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 do, I wouldn't say that is, it's definitely not a movie that I enjoy as much as you, but I don't hate it. It's, it's good. It's a good, uh, you know, uh, heartfelt film it's got a lot of funny parts and it's got you know a guy who's supposed to be just working in an office every day but amazing physique for whatever reason (laughs) and uh and then sinbad sinbad's also in the movie so that's great i mean the late phil hartman rita wilson uh martin mole uh, jake lloyd jim belushi Is, is goldberg in that movie is he one of the the santas in that uh oh Oh my gosh. I don't know if that's Goldberg or not. Okay. I don't remember if I, for some reason I felt like he is, but that might've been, that might've not been him. I know he does. Goldberg is, is he plays Santa in that, uh, Santa Claus or whatever, where he he has like the white Buffalo that pulls the sleigh instead. Like, like he uses the, the tree topping star as like a ninja throwing star to kill someone. Yeah. I knew that he was in that, that movie, but I just thought for some reason that in that scene, when, you know, Schwarzenegger has to go up against all those other Santas and Jim like their their ringleader. I don't think that's Goldberg, but I could be wrong. I'm more than likely wrong. I just that's a a memory that I have. It's a Mandela effect because now everyone's going to be like, "Oh yeah, I remember when uh, Goldberg fought uh, uh, Arnold in uh, Jingle All the Way," and everybody's be like, "What? What are you talking about?" Yeah. Uh, okay, so that is directed by Brian Levant, who would also go on to direct, um, let's see, Flintstones in Rock Vegas, or Viva Rock Vegas, uh, Snow Dogs, The Spy Next Door, and then, oh, he's announced to direct a new Police Academy movie. I would not have expected that. Hmm. Uh, and a Christmas story too, which was straight to video. I mean, there's a lot of straight to video stuff on here and a lot of TV stuff on here. The new leave it to beaver. Charles in charge. He directed problem child two and Beethoven and the sequel to that movie. Problem child. No Christmas story. Apparently they did uh, a second. They did in 2012 and it was straight to video. Like it did not get a theatrical release. I did not know that. You did to die. (laughs) um and then it was written by randy cornfield who had also written the secretary uh, but that's a tv movie uh eight-legged freaks and then the 2014 jingle all the way Two. did you watch that one oh no i didn't even know they did a sequel that's with larry the cable guy oh that's probably why i didn't know they did a sequel that also went straight to to video. Oh my gosh, that's 
insane. It's probably some other toy, I'm sure. Like, I can't imagine he's also trying to get a Turbo Man doll for Jamie. Yeah, I can't imagine either. So. <laughs> uh, yes, the Jingle All the Way. I'm glad that, that is your your number one movie. That is, it's got it's got good memories to it. So, uh, yeah. I I can feel that for you. What about you, though? This is the this is what everyone tuned in to hear. The uh, is this what everybody? Crim. My number one movie. This is the movie that I have to watch every Christmas for it to be Christmas for me. Uh, sometimes I do watch it the day after Christmas, but I always try and get it in before the New Year. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I will watch this movie and quote it to death. Uh, I love that when I was a kid, I watched it for certain things. And now as an adult, I watch it for diff- different things. Like this movie just hits for me on so many different levels. Uh, I remember the first time I saw Chevy Chase's Clark W. Griswold up on his roof, uh, putting up Christmas lights and then, you know, finally getting it all to light up thinking that's exactly what I want to do with my house someday. Just put up all the lights uh, mm-hmm. as an adult, I know not to do that because that's an electric bill that I do not want to pay for. <laughs> <laughs> but there, it, yes, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is just, just amazing. Like to me, it's it's my quintessential Christmas movie. Getting the family together, you know, uh, being about the time, you know, about giving and stuff like that, and you know, the fantasy of making your boss realize that hey, you got to treat your employees better, which is a complete fantasy we know, uh, but it is a Christmas miracle, and it's unfortunate, you know, that Randy Quaid is not the best of people anymore has got some pretty outlandish out there theories and and stuff. And it's not great, but uh, you got a young Johnny Galecki in it. You got a young Juliette Lewis in there. You have, uh, of course, Beverly D'Angelo, who's always playing uh, Clark's wife, Ellen in all the vacation movies. Who are Doris Roberts, uh, Diane Ladd. There's just so many great actors in this. And then uh, this is written by John Hughes mm-hmm. of all people. All the uh, John Hughes makes all the movies that you remember from the eighties uh, and the nineties. He was the, the John Favreau <laughs> of the eighties. Uh, and then this was directed by Jeremiah S. Chekchik. Chekchik. I am I'm, I'm probably not saying that correct. Um, other check 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 movies that you might remember are Benny and June with Johnny Depp uh Tall Tale with Patrick Swayze Diabolique with I want to say um Sharon Stone yes Sharon Stone and uh The Avengers that's right nope not that Avengers the 1998 Avengers with uh Sean Connery as the bad guy and then maybe after 1988, you, you see the reason why he didn't make any more movies. He's He went on to do a lot of television after that. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> Avengers killed the Avengers killed his career. Maybe not killed his career, but definitely put a stop to movies for a while. Well, I mean, maybe he just likes uh, television more. That, that's definitely a possibility, but nobody holds in high regard. The Rafe finds Uma Thurman, Sean Connery, the Avengers remake of a TV series from the 
seventies, sixties. It was, yeah, way back in the day. Yeah, it's a it's an old TV show. So there you go. That's my number one. Are, are you a fan of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Oh, uh, yes. I mean, I, I've struggled so hard to to put this on my list. Um, it. it Oh, I don't know. It was on there. It was off there. It was on there. It was off there. But I mean, I think it's just one of those things where it, it's it, it was such a staple for me that I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to put it on there because I think everyone is expecting that. And so it, it, it's it's going to get edged out a little bit. And, you know, I do love it. But I, I think kind of all those other movies I like just a little bit more or they have a little bit more you know, nostalgic connection or, or something like that. So they just kind of worked, they kind of edged it out slowly, but uh, I'm glad that it's on your list and I'm, I'm glad we at least got to talk about it. <laughs> I would imagine, I feel like this is one that's on, like, I feel like this is probably one of the more universal ones. Like this is the one you would kind of expect to have See, I at least I somewhere would, on everyone's list. I feel like, like a lot of people that would run in the same circle as me would probably like it, but I don't feel like a lot of people out there enjoy this movie as much as I do or mm-hmm. would make it on their list. I don't know. That's just the way I feel, but I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. So, well, but I mean, I do run in the same circles as you, so it could explain why I feel that way. So maybe that's, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just like, hey, everyone I know loves this movie. So everyone thus in the world loves this movie. So let us know. Find me on Twitter. Do you like Christmas Vacation? Is that one of your Christmas movies? Uh, If it isn't, then what is your number one Christmas movie? What's the movie you need to watch every Christmas to make sure it feels like Christmas for you? Tell me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia. G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. Richard, where can people find you online? Uh, They can find me on Twitter as well at Ry Cohen. R-I-C-O-W-N. And... uh... Yeah, sometimes you can find me on twitch.tv slash Ray Cohen and the number one. The rest of Geekly Media is at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geeklymedia.com. Uh, please, whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, rate and review our network so that you can help spread the word of our network and get other people to also enjoy our recordings. But until next time, this is the Mitch and Rich Show on the Giggly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. 